Hi everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Farid. And this is CSI Talk. everyone welcome back another week another episode of csi talk hi before we begin please know that this is a safe space for everyone everyone that comes here to just shut up the world that we've been to to girls talking about their favorite crime science fighting show we're here for you so this episode was expected by a lot of people, mostly because we expected the return of a beloved character, but he didn't show up in this episode. But he's coming. He was mentioned now, a couple of times. He was mentioned a couple of times, and especially because Eric started to post on his social media again. So, welcome back, sir. Welcome back. And by the way, I love when when you post pictures of your dog. Please keep posting pictures of your dog. I love it. This was a very great episode. It was. Be it that I was really tired when I was watching the episode. I almost didn't watch the episode because of reasons. But... And just to a lot of people say, I guess they can't hold the new cast, can't hold attention. Without any of the originals. We've been saying that for a very long time, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but... Well, okay, so... This episode is episode 10 of season 2 of CSI Vegas. It's called Eyeballs. And it's a great episode, by the way, because it highlights this community that has been gaining a lot of attention. Especially with the pandemic, the true crime community online. We're going to mention them a little bit later. So the episode begins with an influencer's party. And an influencer who was clearly under the influence lays down on the balcony on the second floor. And he gets killed in a slasher fashion. That rhymed. I didn't plan that. He gets killed on his slasher fashions. So Josh and Serena, they arrive on the scene and Josh is not on any social media. And <laughs> well, even though when I was rewatching earlier today, be it a few hours ago, and I it, actually, I remember that he discovered that Serena was dating that other woman through social media. He probably has something just like Facebook. I think he had Instagram, maybe. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, he did say that he quit MySpace and never looked back, but maybe he has, like, this Instagram account just because of Serena, and but he never posted anything, just like my sister. She just has it and never posted anything. Hey, that's me these days. I mostly post on TikTok and Twitter and Facebook. 
Well, it explains a lot because, you know, guys, I always tag me and her on our posts. But she never likes our posts on Instagram. <laughs> oh, okay. So Josh doesn't know who the victim is, but Serena does. So when Josh starts to photograph the victim, he changes to infrared light to see if there is any subdermal sub yeah, on the victim. And that's how he finds Chris's handle written on the victim's eyelid. Meanwhile, Ellie and Chris, they're looking at old cases, trying to find any cold cases that were that happened years ago that had any connection to the case that they were working on a few weeks ago that where the what he is kind of like having this network where he's blackmailing people into killing each other and chris pulls up one from december of 2016 right and he, it was unsolved. It's from, it, a, it is from a housewife that got smashed into a full-length mirror. And Ellie, she's working on her day off. And Max is like, you have to go and rest. And I was like, no, it's okay. I can just stay here because it's, it's, it's peaceful. And actually, we, we never see Ellie on the field on this particular case. Well, so Max shows up and she takes Chris to the scene because Josh requested him by name. Can I just say something? I love Max's hair on this episode. Can we keep, can we please keep Max's hair like this? Because I've been loving the pictures that Polynesium has, has been posting of her hair, of herself with her new hair. So can we please have Max with this new hair? I mean, she can rock any hairstyle, by the way. But this Max with this look, I just absolutely love it. It, it turns out that Chris, he has a page that, that teaches about forensics, six things, you know, and he talks about crimes and he's kind of like the only case that comes to my mind right now is the casual criminalist because sometimes I watch his videos. One page that kind of comes to my mind, they talk about old cases. It's on Facebook and it's basic. It's I think it's like tasty murder or something or the baking something and talking about murders that that have happened. The casual criminalist is they're all, basically they are on YouTube, but they have a. Uh, a podcast too and they, they, it's actually pretty cool the way he the, the story is told but well we're going to talk a lot more about this in a few minutes so uh chris he knows the victim because he had a theory involving the victim the victim was involved in a murder case and before chris was a csi he made a video about how the prosecution theory was wrong. They basically that the victim and his friends, the victim's name is Nate. 
and his friends Warren. They warned the ones that, that killed the victim called Anna because the murder weapon that was an axe, it couldn't have done any of the blood spatter because a blood spatter left by an axe is not like the one that they found on the crime scene, but it, it was somehow similar. I'm thinking that this case happened when the drones started to popping up everywhere and people, everyone had a drone. I never understood the hide, but everyone had a drone. Everyone you know had a drone. And I never understood the hype, really. But Chris presented a theory on a video that literally went viral. And the... Actually, <laughs> the... Oh, can you hear sirens in the background? Every no. time we record, there's some sort of sirens. So oh, you can't hear it good. I'm surprised uh, there's nothing for me since I literally live right next to the fire station, basically. Here's... So, Chris said that Nate and his roommate were, they were accused of killing their neighbor and they had slashed her throat with an axe. But later in the episode, they would find out that actually it was caused by a drone. And Chris said that a few days after he posted the video, he was DM'd by who? Greg Sanders! Who saw that the nothing ended up either? So I'm thinking that maybe Greg didn't work the case. Maybe by the time this this case happened, he wasn't working in the CSI. Maybe transitioning out. Yeah. But maybe Chris knew who he was. I mean, because of course they knew who Greg Sander was. With Hodges? I mean... Okay, we're talking about Greg Sanders. We're not talking about Hodges. But if Hodges talked about anything, anything and everything from the from the classics. Well, not the classics, but the original. <laughs> well, but we're talking about the fact that, like, maybe Chris studied cases in which Greg had worked on. Yeah. So maybe, so, so maybe Chris knew of him. Maybe uh, Greg wrote some articles in which Chris studied. Maybe Chris had to study some cases that Greg worked on. Maybe. Or maybe Chris read the book that Greg wrote in season seven. And I... Well, I'm hoping. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Eric, he liked my tweet about like how this interaction that I want to happen between Penny and Greg, like how Penny just comes to Greg and be like, you're Greg Sanders, I read your books about the Vegas Mafia or, or something like that. So I'm hoping that Greg wrote a book about Natalie Davis because he's best friends with Sarah and Grissom was his mentor. It would totally make sense, but I don't know if, if they wouldn't, if actually in the story they're going to put him, they're going to put that he wrote a book about Natalie Davis. But it would be totally cool. I'm still on the train of the miniature killer. I'm not gonna let that woman go. I'm not gonna leave. I'm not. I'm not gonna leave this train. I'm, I'm staying here. 
I'm going to stay here until we, we get someone like her or, you know, or something like that. Well, who knows what this next dude's going to be like. A person. We don't know what they are. Okay, so Max remembers Greg and he left before Chris started. Yes. So if Max remembers Greg, I'm thinking that before Greg decided to, you know, he retired or, or, or I don't know. Before Greg decided to leave the lab, maybe he worked for Max for a while. Because we do know that Sarah gave up on being the lab director to be with Grissom. And then Catherine took over for a while. And then Catherine gave up and she left for Ireland with Lindsay. And then Max took over. So I'm thinking that all those five years, right? Greg was still working as a CSI. He might have worked for Max for a couple of months. A year, maybe. I don't know. Because she remembers him, so. Who knows? Maybe, maybe at some point, Hodges, the original gang, maybe part of them worked for Max. Hodges, Henry, Greg. Maybe part of them worked for Max for a while before, one by one, they decided to leave, you know, when new faces pop up. So, uh, and Warren's lawyer, they used this, they decided to use Chris's theory to prove that they didn't do it with an ex. When I was watching the episode last night, it really reminded me of the tapes that I saw on BuzzFeed Unsolved. And when I texted Brie earlier today, like, oh, I'm going to mention this thing that I saw on BuzzFeed Unsolved. And she was like, kind of fitting for our 17th episode. Oh, yay. Oh, we forgot to mention this is a 70, 70, 70 episode. We've come a long way. In wow. a year and a half. In a year and a half. Wow. There's a lot more to come. But okay. So I remember about the Axeman case of New Orleans. Okay. So BuzzFeed and Solve did a great episode on this. So I'm going to read it. From what I found on Wikipedia. Okay, so the Axeman of New Orleans. Okay, the Axeman of New Orleans. The Axeman of New Orleans was an unidentified American serial killer active in New Orleans, Louisiana, and surrounding communities, including Gretna, from May 1918 to October 1919. Press reports during the height of public panic about the killings mentioned similar murders as early as 1911, but recent researches has called these reports into questions. Into question. The X-Men was never identified and the murders remain unsolved. He mainly targeted Italian immigrants and Italian Americans. This leaves the possibility open that the killings were racially motivated. But as the killer was never caught, it was, this was never conclusive proven. As the killer's epithet implies, the victims usually were attacked with an axe, which often belonged to the victim themselves. They had an axe back then. It was the early 1900s. So Edwin had an axe to grind. 
everyone had an ex. <laughs> In most cases, a panel on the back door of a home was removed by a chisel. Chisel. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Which along chisel, okay. Which with along with the panel was left on the floor near the door. The intruder then attacked one or more of the residents with either an axe or a stray razor. The crimes were not motivated by robbery, and the perpetrator never removed items from his victims' homes. The X-Men was not caught or identified, and his crime spree stopped as mysteriously as it had started. The murderer's identity remains unknown to this day, although various possible identifications of varying possibility have been proposed. On March 13, 1919, a letter a letter, per, a letter believing to be from the X-Men was published in newspapers saying that he will kill again at 15 minutes post-midnight on the night of March, of March 19th, but would spare the occupants of any place where a jazz band was playing the night all of the New Orleans dance halls were filled to capacities. And professionals and amateurs bands played jazz at parties at hundreds of houses around town. There were no murders that night. And also there was, there is like this famous song, this famous jazz song from, this famous jazz songs in New Orleans. I don't know if it's the X-Men song, Don't don't Hurt Me Papo or something like that. But we don't did a great episode on this, on this case. But yeah, it reminded me of the X-Men case from New Orleans. Well, so Josh said that he never needed a reason to never have social media, but he appreciated Chris invented a new one. It's the fact that Maloria doesn't have public social media for me. We've looked. Okay, when he joined the cast, we've looked. We didn't find any, okay? He doesn't have any public social media. So, Warren realizes Max's wrist, wrist is banned and asks if she was at a party, but she was actually at a hospital. And he's like, oh, they got better drugs there anyway. They're really trying to joke her way out. Okay. I just got one question. So. Yeah, he was. It's almost as if he knew he was not going to be caught. Even though he still had the murder weapon. From a previous. Killed. Yeah, from previous murder. Kept. It's almost as if they want to get caught. Well, because he can't be retried because the U.S. has double jeopardy. Yeah, I know. I've seen a movie recently about this. involved this one. Call it double jeopardy with Ashley Dead. I think so. I literally <laughs> said, I literally said to my dad, I love that movie. Yeah, so I just have one question. Where is Jack? What I think question? we saw the where is Jack? Oh, the brother. The brother that's he, Yeah, where is he's not a main character, so he's not gonna be in a lot of episodes. He's just oh, supporting. No. Oh, I know, but like I miss him. I know, I, I know, I joke a lot about him, but I, I miss him. You treat him like Sonya treats him. 
<laughs> I I know, but I whatever. Shut up. I miss him. So Chris and Josh are back in the murder scene and there is no void where the killer would be standing. So if you can imagine, uh Nate would be lying down, completely passed out drunk. He was also drugged with GHB. So they are thinking that the murderer had to have, you know, they found an ex on the balcony. So their first impression was the killer used this act to kill the victim, right? Before they actually found out that it was a drone. But there would be a void on the floor because, according to Sonia, the killer did hit one of the major arteries on the body. So there would be a void where the blood spatter would hit the killer and the wall. But there was no void on the floor, neither on the walls. So where was the killer? Like, there was literally no trace of evidence on the scene that the killer was ever present. And... Then, back in the lab, there is this very awkward moment between Josh and Ellie, and I can feel the tension. I was watching the episode with Brie last night, and I was like, oh my god, I can feel the tension. And I put, I said, I can feel the tension, but it, it was awkward, but also very, a lot of tension. Seems like this is the first time they've seen each other since Ellie said that. I think so, too. I, I feel like maybe Ellie was trying to avoid him. Because according to Max, has been, it has been three weeks since all that happened. Since they made the connection between the cases that they had worked on, you know, all the blackmailing. So if it's been three weeks, I feel like maybe they, they were... I don't think... I don't think Josh was avoiding her but i don't think he was actually making an effort to talk to her because he did she did say that she didn't want it to she couldn't be his friend anymore so i think he was respecting that which is really good like that's how good man because max you know it's been three weeks how can they not walk a single case together in three weeks i don't know maybe i i think al i think I think Ellie was dedicated to try and, you know, investigate that whole case, you know, that whole blackmailing case. I think she was trying to investigate that with Chris's help. And Max was like, okay, divide and conquer. Ellie and Chris, you work on this. Josh, you and Bull go work on this other cases. Penny. And Penny. And sometimes you're going to help Allie and Chris. Sometimes you're going to help Josh and Bo. Okay. So. Elliot's analyzing the, the X to see if there is any trace left by the killer. And she couldn't find any blood on it. Usually. When a perpetrator is killing a victim with a sharp object, when I say sharp ob objects, it can be an axe, a, a 
when a perpetrator is killing someone with a sharp object, when they say sharp objects, it can be a knife, it can be a neck, it can be a, I don't know, anything that can be used as a sharp force, with a sharp force. The person, the perpetrator that is, that is using this weapon, sometimes they can get hurt. And since it is a sharp object, it would hurt the person and the person would probably bleed. And sometimes cases that involve sharp objects, sometimes they can be crimes of passion. When I say crime of crimes of passion, doesn't necessarily mean that it involves love. It can be really just a crime of hate. And it, the person might, you know, hit someone else with that sharp object too many times and they end up hurting themselves. So it's a lot likely that they would cut themselves in the process and leave some blood behind, but there was no blood behind. They couldn't find any, but they do find some salt in it from the sweat of the killer. And they analyze it and it matches Warren's DNA. But it only proves that the X belongs to Warren. And the X was in his house. So, I mean, yeah, it was found near a dead body, but the dead body happens to be on his house as well. So it doesn't actually prove anything. So they have to try and see if that was actually the murder weapon. So they are trying to... So Chris is looking at his social media on the computer and Sleuth VCF, VSV, VCF, right? He is dragging Chris online because of the suspect's from the Anna case, one is dead and the other is a possible suspect on this case again. And look, we have to talk about this. We were going to, we said that we were going to, and this is it. We are going to talk about the toxic, the toxic side of the true crime community. Look, honestly, I think it's great that a lot of people or interest in this because I mean it doesn't make me feel like a weirdo because it doesn't make us feel like weirdos because we like this type of stuff but when you when you start to harass people that are not the murderers. You've gone too far. Yeah. You cannot, you know, first of all, you cannot do victim blaming. No. And you cannot harass the victim's family for information. Some people just don't want to talk to, to the media. And some people don't want to talk to 
people who start podcasts or or video series on YouTube or or posts online about about true crime cases, some family members just don't want to relieve everything. I mean, and now some some serial killers from the past, from the recent past, you know, Richard Ramirez, Ted Bundy. Jeffrey Dahmer, they're Larry Ridgway. They're all they are all on the on the recent past, but now a lot of documentaries are being made on them. I mean, in one side, it's good because it kind of tells people there's people like that yeah. on the world. You need to be paying attention to what you do. But also, when you put handsome actors to play them, it kind of misses the point of the whole thing. Like, my mom, she, my mom knew a victim of Gary Redray. So whenever there's something that comes out about Gary Redray, my mom usually loves watching true crime documentaries and stuff like that. She cannot watch anything with Gary Redray because she knew a victim. Like, you, like you put Zach Afrin to put to play Ted Bundy. If you look at the pictures, yes, Zach Afrin does has a resemblance to Ted Bundy when Ted Bundy when Ted Bundy was younger, before he uh, died. But Ted Bundy I committed horrific crimes against women. And there's people online making fan clubs and fan cams, you know, absolutely adoring him and that's people doing the same thing. But that's been happening longer than the longer than stuff like that has been popping up with these series of those. I, I know it's just You should know this because of one of the episodes of the original CSI. I I know it's just it makes me really upset, you know, because like during Halloween of last year, 2022, you know, the Dammers, the Dammer series, you know, had just come Dumber. out. Yeah, the Dammer series, I'm sorry, and pronunciation things had just come out. And never mind the fact that the victims were always black people. This white couple dressed up their kids, their five year old boy just like him they gave him a bucket and they gave him fake black feet inside the bucket and never mind that even families were saying the families of the victims were saying do not watch this this is totally disrespectful of what happened to my brother my my sibling look yeah, it's just, it's so disrespectful, okay? Just, uh, it's very important that there are shows like CSI and CSI Vegas, you know, Law and Order, Criminal Minds that bring attention to this type of zeal. It also makes people like me and Bree realize that, yes, we do like this type of stuff, but it's just something that we like to study from time to time. And I don't look into the real life crimes and stuff. I look, I just watch the the CSIs and Lana, well, I've been watching Lana SBU since October, since before October 7th. But that's no. a different. Okay. 
And what we're just saying is that these crime shows, yes, they may be based on true stories, but they don't put out the real names and real, real names of the killers or the victims. But as Kari has pointed out, the real-life crime community can be very toxic to each other. I'm not part of that community because I'm somebody who's very emotional, so I stay away from that stuff. It's true. Okay. The guy who is really threatening Chris is basically his stray to his Sherlock. And when Max saw him being threatened, she became Mama Max. Mama Max saying he needs to carry. We don't know if he starts to carry. But, you know, during this time, during this case, he needed to. Hopefully he did. Even though nothing happened, but it would be safe and sorry. And after Max leaves, Allie tells Chris to keep your head up, mate. Yep. Watching the, watching some of the videos, some TikToks, well, maybe not TikTok, it's technically used TikTok in this, but, you know, the social media is similar to TikTok. They find somebody illegally taking footage of an active crime scene. So, Bo mentions someone named Bob Vila. Bob Vila was, is a, Home Improvement television show host known for the for this old house, Bob Vila's home again. And Bell mentions that he got a drone for his daughters, which I really want to meet his family. I really, really want to meet his Amelia. And there's a safety protocol on Drones that makes them not get too close. To oh, you know what I love? I love how Bo takes more. I love how Bo acts like a dad to Chris on this episode. <laughs> I know. This is more like how he's how Bo's tried to land a joke. Chris said he didn't. Bo said he did. <laughs> so, and they figure out the drone was the modus of operandi. Yep. Yeah. Chris and Serena. Go to the house that's now known as the murder house. And yeah, the- I mean, great name for a household. They find it in two minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah, but the drone was, was not previously a motor weapon, but not for Nate. Because Nate was a negative, but blood on the drone was a positive, which, which Chris knows was the was a pre- the previous victim from 2018 blood. He knows that because he and his class in the academy, they were obsessed about the case. Probably, they're studying the case. So while at the academy, I think I think that happens sometimes, maybe. And Chris, right now, wishes Double Jeopardy wasn't a thing. Yeah. Because Chris thought that was able to help. Basically, get this guy off from more the first time around. 
who's disappointed in himself. And Josh says a very nice segue. Speaking about upstairs. Anyway, Josh, Lone Mamba, and this boy Ink. They find out it's just a regular pen. So we're going to show some acts. Everything that's, that Chris has on happened with him, and they stick a uni on him to make sure nothing happens. So we then asks Mast how she sees since she was stayed overnight at the hospital. Yeah, and Max at the at the end of the episode, Max is shown in the shooting ring, so Max is gonna start carrying, even though she did say that the biggest weapon a criminalist the criminalists have is their brain. Yes. And while Bo is going through some of the messages, he says I didn't even have this many people at my wedding. So he was a small wedding, and mind you, he was at the number 23. No, he was past that. And then he asks Chris, why there's so many people who would be interested in your life? And says, a thousand people would tell you something you do me good if you validate it. That's when Chris finds his second drone video. And Chris, and then they then they find out there is a little piece of paper well no cloth at Wet the crime scene in front of Clorox with antibacterial and Christian remember scratches on his troll's arm. Yeah, and and Josh is the one that has to go through the bushes and he ended up with a lot of of a lot of scratches on his arms because of the bushes. Yes, and Chris tells him when they're interviewing the troll, tell them to take off the glasses. Well, his name is Vincent. Vincent, yes. I have it down here somewhere. Vincent criticizes Chris's ability to suave. And Chris is like, I get to, to practice my suave right in your eye. And I mentioned to Brie when we were watching, like, oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> it does. I had stuff when I was a star time. <laughs> Story time for free. Let's go. Back when I was a senior in high school, I was in this class called AVID, Advanced Via Individual Determination. And at the end of the year, we gave my teacher an orchid. I never told her that this is what the, well, what happened, why it happened. And within a couple of days, my right eye had swollen shut. So I had to go to one of the clinics nearby. And they had a swab bit and look at it. Turned out it was just a bad allergy reaction. And everybody thought I had pink eye, except for those who were taking some of the nursing classes at the high school. Like, no, it's just a horrible allergy reaction. I didn't tell what it was, too, because I'm not around crawling a lot because I, because of how badly in logic, I do these things. Well, so, I mean, now I I've... take three types of allergy medicine a day when I go to work. Well, I... So, Max tries to run the DNA, but it's inconclusive. And from the piece of plot that they found, <laughs> and Chris is like, oh, can't you do like that thing they do on Jurassic Park? And Max is like, first of all, that's not a thing. Yes. So, you heard it from the best in the business, kids. That is not a thing, Jurassic Park. And they can't because the DNA is too degraded. So, 
Chris remembers that Vincent had a lot of questions in his arms, and then they go there, and then he swaps his, uh, his eyes, and they find out that the victim, he was the he had also been Kai, and was the same kind. Yep, it was the same kind that the Vincent that Vincent had. Cause he stupidly rubbed his eye. It kind of actually reminded me of this case of an early season CSI in which this woman takes this adult movie to Grissom and, and Catherine and the uh, woman dies and she's like she actually died I know she did because this is because I know that the movie and all of that and Catherine actually Grissom has to step out of this case and to work another one and Catherine has to bring in Sarah and they find out that the victim had a, a string of HIV, right? Yeah. And the killer had HIV as well because he caught it from the victim. Because the killer had the victim's neck and the blood spatter had fallen into his, into his eyes and transmitted HIV literally directly. Yes. So... And then Chris and Max have a conversation about him being careful on social media. And then Max Max goes to the shooting range with Serena. And Chris deletes his account, which anybody who ever has ever deleted an account from social media, they know it takes 30 days at least for it to fully go through. Well, I take a page out of Josh's new book I deleted Facebook and I never looked back well well so yeah kids pay attention to what you post because when it's out there it's forever like Kitty the episode Kitty from CSI Crime Scene Investigation taught us anything when it's out there it's forever I have a important question to you did your school ever teach you to be careful on social media? No. Okay, that's why. Because it was it was really rounding to me like a jackhammer when I was in school to be careful on social media. Well, so, well, please pay attention to what you post out there because once it's out there, it's forever. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of, we, we've talked about this a few episodes ago when we disagreed with some opinions on season one with a lot of people and both of us were harassed by it and I was mostly attacked and sometimes me and Brie we have to make our accounts private on Instagram and I don't Twitter. I just on Twitter. I just yeah Brie just what? I have to make my account my account private sometimes because of trolls on the internet. So harder to tag you. I have to type in your almost whole name for you for you. So yeah, this was this was the episode eyeballs. So please pay attention to what you post out there because it's forever. And we love you guys so much. A media later, a C. 
We eliminate so so much, and next week we're gonna be breaking down next week's episode. Let me Which just check. It's called Frankie. That's a good name. I mean, of course, I already have it. And I think we're about to go on another hiatus because it goes. It does that episode, which is episode 12. Okay, maybe not, because episode 13 is listed, just not titled yet. Yeah, episode 13 is listed on IMDb, so. And there's going to be 21 episodes. There's going to be 21 episodes, so thank you so much. And we expect to see Greg anytime now, so anytime now. more than one episode. Anytime now. Anytime now, Greg Sanders, anytime. We love Greg's you guys so Sanders. Guys, we love you guys so, so much. Please be safe out there. We love you. Bye. Love y'all. Bye.